Welcome back to the Glue Guys. This is Mike Care. Say hello, Brian. Hello. Hello. Uh, How's it going? You can find us on Twitter at BKGlueGuys. <laughs> That's daily.com, Almighty Baller. iTunes, five stars. Please give us a rating. We want it. We need it. We have to have it. Brian, I don't that know. Like, what's serious... the mood, man? What's the mood we should be in right now? That's a, that's my serious, like, like you know how I felt? How I felt today? It was like... And I don't have a kid, so I don't actually know this feeling, but I imagine this is how it feels. And you could probably tell me. It's like if you lose your kid at a mall and you're like, Karis, Karis, Karis. <laughs> and then he comes and then he turns and they go, oh, oh, Karis, <laughs> don't ever you're, do that. You're, oh, you're at, the, oh, thank God. You're at Payway <laughs> Dining. Oh, oh my God. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to lie. It's yeah. funny you bring that up because after... The, seeing the injury, so obviously la- this pod will mostly be dedicated to the Levert injury and the, the obvious sort of good news that's developed today that the injury is not as serious and all that stuff. But um, seeing the injury, of course, like everyone else's reaction, it was devastating. You're thinking Gordon Hayward or Paul George. You're thinking no, one of those. I had that clocked a mile away as a dislocation. I'm telling you, dude. <laughs> Brian did. In our, in our Nets text thread with our mystery third partner, um, Brian was pretty confident that it was not as devastating as the world had made it seem. I've just, I just, I just know that dislocations are a thing, and it looked right where like the ankle met the end of the foot there or end of the leg, and I was just like, that looks like it could, if it's going to be broken, fine, whatever. But it's definitely possible. It's just a dislocated ankle right there. It's one of those things where like if you had tweeted that out from our account at I that know. moment, it would have. <laughs> People would have been well. Now they would have been like, been like, "Wow, Brian should be a fucking doctor." Yeah. Um. But like at the moment, everyone would be like, "Who is this jackass that is thinking yeah. he can be a doctor from mi- millions of miles away on Yes Network?" You uh, know what it is? It's that I've been so desensitized to like violence or like just like gore <laughs> or something. Like I watch like gory movies and things like that. That like when people are like, "Oh," like they look away. I'm like, "Hmm, let's get in, let's get in close and see <laughs> and see what really happened here." Um, like, do you, I don't know why this comes up, but you know the movie The Three Kings? Mm-hmm. George Clooney, Mark Wahlberg, and Ice Cube, I think it was. Sure, yeah, yeah. I had I remember as a kid, my parents rented it, and we were watching it, and there's that scene where like the bullet goes through the person's body, and it shows, like, they do, like, an X-ray vision of the bullet going into the guy's body, and, like, all of his blood vessels popping, and, like, going through his layer of fat on his skin, and all this uh-huh. stuff. I had to, tr- like, that, I'm the opposite of you. I run away from that. I run the CG away. version of it is, is too much for you, huh? Um, but any, so anyway, so last night watching, you know, Levert seeing the injury, I literally went to go hold my son, <laughs> my five-month-old, because I was so devastated uh, wow. as a, a Nets watcher and a follower. And But it was like, it's like one of those injuries at the time, what we thought was like, that's why so many people react on Twitter, like LeBron and all those people, because it's so, it seems so horrific and unfair uh but, but like it's just like something like you needed like i needed like something good to grasp onto at the moment because i was so down in the dumps i mean what we were looking at was if that 
if it was what most people thought it was going to be, which was like just a destroyed broken bone and torn ligaments and all this awful stuff, that's a year plus. And a year plus on that would have been really shitty for, you know, the team. But, Brian, we, mm. we got the news, and if you haven't heard, thank you for letting us deliver the news to you all. It's a subtalar dislocation of his right foot, no fractures, moderate ligament damage, uh, will return this season. Uh, and again, if you have have not heard this news but are a fan of the show i want to i want you to reach out because i need to take your temperature <laughs> on your nets fandom <laughs> i gotta know who you are um what are the darkest places you you so you you were pretty confident early on that it wasn't going to be as horrific as people thinking but where in your mind did you go the darkest place that you went to when you're thinking levert may be done for you know an un, indeterminate amount of time um see i never i never really got that that's how i just keep on keeping on like i i don't (laughs) i don't let those thoughts creep in too much um so i didn't i didn't like descend into the despair that like here's what i did i watched the rest of that game and then haven't and then just like kept an eye on the twitter stuff for like the announcement and then it came through like I, i didn't do the whole like like thoughts and prayers comment section thing i know you it's probably what you're supposed to do or something but like that's not um that's just that's just not my instinct until I know what I'm working with here. You know what I mean? Um, yeah, and and, just, that, and what yeah. we're working it with again is like he's going to be out some time for sure. Probably not the rest of this this year in terms of like 2018. I'd imagine. It's a bad I'd, sprain. It's a bad. It's a. Two, it's an eight weeker. You know, it's an eight week sprain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, um, my mind literally did go to like there were mm, 45 seconds in my head where I was like. Is this the thing that pushes them to tank? Like, you know, justify like Levert is the best player on this team, right? I mean, I think that's mm-hmm. he's been the best player so far. He's the guy they go to at the end of the games besides Dinwiddie. He's like the emerging star of the Nets. Zach Lowe wrote was writing a profile and released it about Karis Levert and how he's the cornerstone of this Nets rebuild. But you know, like. If the injury had been as bad as it, we were thinking last night, like I immediately kind of snapped into, oh crap! Okay, now he's done. This is bigger than like Jer- that would have been bigger than Jeremy Lin being done. Like <laughs> I know that's like gonna get the Jeremy Lin fanboys after me. Uh, hashtag probably the new owner of this team. But um, the it's like Levert m- means so much to the future of this team, even if like. So we, we always debate about D'Angelo and Didwitty. Are they going to resign or, you know, what kind of contract the Nets are going to give them? Should they even resign those two guys if they're going to go after two max free agents? But, like, in any scenario, Levert was going to be on this team next year and, like, a main piece of this team, even if they got those free agents. Like, Levert would have been one of the enticing chips you could say to, like, a star player and say, here's this young buck here under rookie deal contract. He's going to be here at least for that one season, and then we can sign him to an extension after that. It's like he was always going to be here and be a mate. Him and Jared Allen were like the two known quantities that were going to be on this team next year. Um, And to have possibly have lost him for a season and more than that would have been a horrible tragedy. But we're not in that reality, Brian. We're in the reality of like an eight-weeker, as you said. 
but we peered into the abyss and now we now we're much more you know we're we've seen a version of a horrible dark future now we just know to appreciate Karis Levert that much more you know that's what that did is this like emotionally the 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 roller coaster that Nets fans have been on not even just last night but like this whole year and you know we started this podcast the Pierce Garnett trade that season was like our first season doing the show and we've tr- we've basically tracked you know the peak of that and then the immediate crashing and the awfulness of the trade with the Celtics and how that's ruined the Nets draft picks and all that stuff I kind of think this is a turnaround moment like this is this is like the first good break almost literally a good break because it, there was no break in his leg this is the first good break the Nets have had like well since it would have been better moment. a good break would have been if he just didn't get injured at all that would have been the, that would have been more <laughs> well <laughs> you can't expect that Brian there's gonna be some <laughs> yeah. kind of darkness so, with this team something has to go yeah wrong to a certain extent um yeah, no, I mean, like, like I'm, I'm gassed up. But like I said, I didn't go to the despair place. So, like, um, I'm probably a bad, like, you know, I want to be like, yeah, yeah, it's a miracle or whatever. But I'm just more bummed out that he's out for however long he's out. <laughs> um, I also urge you to be careful when you say, like, you know, Karis LeVert is the best in the team because, you know, it's your boys on Twitter. Shout out to Twitter for always synthesizing our arguments <laughs> in, a, in a constructive and accurate way i'm recalling a conversation recently about our d'angelo russell's the fourth best point guard on the on the team and it's like dude we we put in like a whole big paragraph of pretext to that and then these guys on twitter just like these knuckleheads <laughs> see that wasn't obviously we don't obviously think he's like the worst point guard of the team there's all this all this pretext that we laid down. Anyways, I'm not going to get into it. It's just hey, Twitter is the absolute worst. Everyone, everyone should know this. Don't don't go on Twitter. Um, unless you're Mike, and well, Mike if, has yeah thick enough skin for that. And I and I um, and I need the likes. I need the I need the little heart likes on yeah, Twitter. Yeah, you're, you're on the, that. that dopamine roller coaster for sure. Um, anyways, yeah. So like, anyways, I forgot what, what was the question. I don't know. Is Karis Levert happy or sad or something? <laughs> no, it's just that, like. <laughs> I literally think, like, I really believe in karma. Maybe that's not even the right word. I believe that there's, like, uh, a juju about franchises, right? Like, bad things will happen to bad franchises, and they will continue to pile up against bad franchises. And that you'll and you need a significant thing to sort of get over that and become a good franchise. Like, the Patriots in football were a bad franchise for many, many, many years, and then they got Tom Brady. And now they're phenomenal. Um, do you I'm think not this say- has to do with like <clears throat> some of the like fallout, or you know when when Darren Williams sold his soul to be able to play basketball, and there was all <laughs> that like contractual stuff. People had to vet the contract, and there's all that. And then it's like you know um, this happened, and then Satan was like, um, you know, okay, great, like you know, Karis Levert, your soul belongs to me. And then someone's like, no, that contract is expired bro you got to reverse it reverse the deal and that's what happened do you think that was the cosmic i th- tugging i think tug of war i think this is the basketball gods this is the <laughs> the universe the uh you know sort of whoever's pulling the strings finally saying to nets fans it's okay like you know like you will be safe yes you're not gonna get all good things in life that's that, there's no shot the nets are gonna get that but this is the literally the first time since we've been doing a podcast for the five years that we've been doing a podcast, where mm. it's not the worst case possible scenario, right? Like literally, 
They make this trade with the Celtics, and it's the worst case possible scenario. Um, they're you know the guys that they ended up giving up because of their draft picks, and also the trade with the Joe Johnson and the flip of the Hawks ends up end up all being like pretty awesome. Worst case possible scenario. The other deals that they have made throughout sort of their tenure haven't really been that great. Jeremy Lin injury, uh, D'Angelo injury last year for a part of the season. Uh, I mean, Jeremy Lin injury. Jeremy Lin has always been injured for that team. Um, and now this is the first time when it's like, you know what? It's it's not the best scenario, but it's like the it's a okay situation. It's like okay, it's manageable. It's a couple of months, maybe. You know, there's no sense of how long this is going to be beyond. Like I, I put out on Twitter, which is reckless of me, asking for asking for people to uh, tell me if they are doctors and if they have some ortho, orthopedic knowledge of how long this injury is going to be. I did get one guy told me that that response was crazy. By the way, I don't know who that doctor was, but they were like his heels separated from his like foot. I was like, what are you looking at? What, the, <laughs> what could you possibly be looking at? That that would tell you that. I'm sorry. I, I just <clears throat> I'm a better doctor than that person. I can already tell. Um. So I just like I just appreciate. This is a clear moment, Brian. This is a moment like like the one we discussed with the Jimmy Butler trade discussions. Um. You know that was a moment where like not many people actually ended up wanting Jimmy Butler, both inside the Nets and now the Nets fan base as well. But it was a nice moment to have been included in a stars quote unquote stars. Wishless teams, right? Mm-hmm. Karis Levert's uh, Karis Levert is the, the young, beautiful, blossoming player on this team, and it's nice that his season and a half isn't cut down because his leg got torn in half. It's it it sucks that he got hurt at all and he got a dislocated ankle. Like that's shitty, but the Nets the Nets are turning around their mojo. Maybe it's the training center, Brian. Maybe the training center just has given them so, such good mojo that they're ending up like, you know, this is not the worst case possible scenario. That's all I'm saying. That's what I believe. I think that mm. this is a big moment for Nets future. But um, Do you want to get into some, some emails? I would love to. These are nice. So, um, again, we got to link up and get some, some John Cena's together. Maybe, um, you know, crush some tall boys. It's been too long. 100%. Are you going crazy over there? Because you, you're just hanging out with babies all day. A hundred percent. We'll do some tall boys. We'll do uh, some John Cena's. Mm. We'll figure yeah. out something else after that. Yeah. Good. Okay. Um, from True Boy Matt Parker. Okay. In light of the great news about Karis, forget that last email. Everyone's there's been like I've gotten a million emails, and <laughs> it's been it's been great to see. Um, those, the duality of those two emails. Anyways, I think we need to give all the Nets nicknames. We've already got Lumber Joe, which, by the way, and this is me talking now, Lumber Joe, is Lumber Joe a thing, like, outside of, is that a reference to a character of some kind? Do I, is, I don't get Lumber Joe, outside of he looks like a lumberjack. Is that the only thing? It's just a, really? It's just a change from Jack to Joe. Yes. Yes, that is it. That is it, Brian. That's pretty... That's pretty. So, like, all, like you know, when they did that, like, take a poll of all the options. Like, why, why, why were those our options? Those were bad options. Um, and it was Joe Moses is by far the best, and that came organically from the players. Let's stick with that. Yeah, uh, anyway. but I, I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. I'm not opposed to Lumber Joe. It doesn't really match him as a player, though. It just matches his look. And I understand, you know, basing it off a look. But he's not a lumberjack out there. 
you know? I mean, he's he's so Moses Joe I like more. I think there's other ideas that we can keep coming up with. We can, I just kind of like regular. I don't think Joe Harris needs a nickname because he's Joe Harris. He, even though he has a beautiful beard and great hair, he's still just Joe Harris. I want something completely unrelated to the word Joe. I want something like, you know, the scorpion. Like, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. Give him, give him a complete non sequitur name. <laughs> scorpion. The scorpion. Yeah. Just name him after a Mortal Kombat character. Whatever. Um. <clears throat> Okay, so what should we call Karis? I suggest Die Hard because, like John McClane, he might get all sorts of messed up, but he comes back stronger despite his injuries and gets the job done. Um, it's a good idea. Something in there. Something to work with Die Hard. I love um, it. But I'll just put that to the audience. You know, tweet at us, email at us, get get the ball rolling on something, and and don't make it lumber of Karis. You know, that's um, that's <laughs> my advice. <laughs> um, anyways, it's your boy. Sean, good friend, a Big good Sean. friend of the show, nice. uh, says, hey, so it looks like Levert's injury will have Matt for a couple months, hopefully back around All-Star break. Do you think that the Nets will call up Musa or Pinson uh, to take his roster spot while on the DL? Um, if the Nets are playing like S by the time he gets back and are too big of a hold to make the playoffs, do you think they hold Levert out longer to be cautious and sell off pieces? They could get picks or young players for many of the players on the team who may not be coming back next year, i.e. Carol, Dinwiddie, RHJ. Um, thoughts? Mike? Yes. That's a two-parter. Which part do you want? Um, You're a Theo Pinson guy through and through, so I already know your answer on that. Yeah, Theo Pinson should be in 35 minutes a game. So no, So this question is essentially about rotation, right? Uh, well, yeah, so the f- the first part is just pure, like, which of the uh, G League dudes would you want to get called up? Which, obviously, it's Musa. I mean, come on. Yeah, we, we, we do need a little Musa in our life, even though, like, you know, I'm, uh, you know, I'm, not, I'm actually a little little soft on him right now. I'm more of a Karooks guy, but... Um, I'm soft on him. I'm soft <laughs> on him. What does that mean? I don't even know. But, like, <laughs> here's, the, here's the thing. Okay, so it's... Levert's minutes are pretty much irreplaceable um this is worse than again jeremy lynn being out he is uh more important to the future of the team he's actually been a better player than jeremy lynn had been like lavert is a better player now than jeremy lynn had been for the nets when jeremy lynn was healthy at whatever point that was in his career um (laughs) (laughs) you going so far out of your way but the dump on lynn but so what's going to happen is, and I was looking at the minutes. So Levert averages 30 minutes a game. So that's another 30 minutes that you need to lavish on a whole bunch of players. You really can't bump up D'Angelo and Dinwiddie too much. They're both at about 27 minutes a game. What is going to happen is that those two are going to be on the floor at the end of the games no matter what now. Because obviously before we talked about this, D'Angelo had been DNP'd in the fourth quarter a couple of games because he just wasn't playing that well. But now, you, no matter even if he's playing well or not, he's going to play in the final whatever minute. So maybe maybe he ends up playing 30 minutes a game instead of 27. And Dinwiddie is going to be the same because you're going to want to play them at the same time at points, but you're really going to want either of those two guys on the floor the entire game if you can do it. What I think more is going to happen is that you're going to get more Damari and Rondé minutes shifted just up. Like... They aren't Levert, but they at least will do – It's the Nets are going to play with a little bigger lineup 
maybe more even like Jared Dudley and Damari together, or Rondé and Jared Dudley, like those those minutes will get shifted up even more. And of course, Shabazz is gonna Napier is gonna get like a ton more minutes, which I'm fine with. Um, my big concern is that like the Nets had a nice rotation going, where like at one point in any game, it should Dinwiddie, D'Angelo, or Levert, or a combo of, of two of those guys, we're gonna be on the floor at all times. Where now you it's tough to just have like you're still gonna want D'Angelo and Dinwiddie play some together and it's gonna be tough to like have either of those two guys on the floor the entire whole game, like either or on the game. So it's there's gonna be a lot of times where the bench unit isn't gonna score that many points and it's gonna be less less exciting, like less <laughs> less better to watch the Nets. And they missed him last night. They, I mean Last night's game was so weird, man. Obviously, beyond the injury. Like, the. I still can't believe the Nets kept it competitive at all in the second yeah. half because just the, like, emotion of all that was so evident to all of the players. And they. But that game, like, if, if you had stayed with it, you would have seen the Nets competing throughout the whole game until, like, the last four minutes. The classic. With, with know, Rondé Hollis Jefferson guarding Carl Anthony Towns. I mean, that was. Oh, God. I know. It <laughs> was bonkers. Well, it, it's crazy. That game was so weird. To, it just, I mean, beyond the injury, it was just like you had Rondé trying to go call Anthony Towns, and then you had, like, Jared Dudley was still, again, very prevalent in the outcome of the game at the end of the game. I'm not mad at it, but it's just, like, a strange thing about seeing a guy on the floor who really can't do anything ultimately beyond, you know, uh, set screens and kind of be lumpy, which is fine. Uh, good, good place to be. Where do you where do you, where do you want to go next? You want next question, or you want to answer that question yourself? Um, <clears throat> well, there's a two parter, so we can go into the next bit um, about sort of who, like, if if we start going on a bad losing streak because you know we don't have our best player, um, which I don't really think is that likely to be honest, just based on you know, like while Karras was <clears throat> was obviously thriving and and you know, coming out of his cocoon as, as a wonder child. Um, does he move the needle directly in terms of W's and L's quite yet? Um, I think right now we're still that like system team. Obviously like we have players that are emerging above the, the mean. Um, and Karis was by far, you know, the, the one that was doing the most of that emergence. Um, but, but yeah, I don't know. I don't, I don't know that it will affect our, our, our bottom line in the same way that a lot of people are maybe suggesting, but that aside, hypothetically, let's say that does happen. There's a big hole and it's too big to make the playoffs and yada, yada. Um, do they start firing off pieces and, you know, doing a, you know, we're going all in on, on next year. Um, I still say, so like, I think let's say he misses 20 games, just randomly, just say 20 games. His impact will probably be mostly felt in like three games within those 20 he could have swung three games and maybe that's too generous or not generous enough, but like, let's just say generally he could have like been in and scored a couple more points than his, the guys who are replacing his minutes. And he would have made a difference at the end of a game in some way, because he is effective at the end of the game. So let's say it's three games. I don't think losing him for two months again, don't know what that is, but that could be it is going to greatly impact the playoffs. I still wasn't like, super bullish on them making the playoffs even though they are I think they are still technically in the eighth seed I don't know I have to look at that and like the east there's like a lot of they could have if they would have won last night they could have been like the fourth seed 
or something in the East. But they're going to be hanging around. They're still going to be pretty good. And D'Angelo is playing better, I think, I guess. It's so hard to say, but like he, he is playing better. And the one thing the Levert injury is going to do is it's going to give D'Angelo some more room to operate. Not that you want it to happen, but it's like the classic, a guy gets hurt, another guy has to step up into that role, or he has more space to be in that role. <clears throat> you know, like... Well, if he... Sorry to interrupt, but if he doesn't take that mantle, that'll be a hugely damning little... This is a very important window for D'Angelo Russell, to, to your point. And if he doesn't start, like, doing some of uh, some emerging of his own, from his own cocoon, like, in a big way. And not to say that he hasn't, because, like, last night's game was good, and, you know, he's been looking good lately. But he needs to, you know, night in, night out, be, like, that 20-point scorer that that he's not been that, that much. And I was kind of looking for him to do that last night against the Timberwolves, and it... It's still. I'm not going to judge anyone on what happened after the Levert injury, just because it was just again pretty. It seemed so devastating at the time, um, and I was looking to see when the game was close and it was near the end whether D'Angelo was going to step up and like really, you know, do something with the ball. He didn't do it, um, but I, I do have faith that the coaching staff, now that Levert is not in the picture for the foreseeable future, they are going to have to shift shift some of what they've been doing. Uh, to give D'Angelo, you know, a, more tools to sort of play with here, and also what will help him is that when Jared Allen, Jared Allen was sick, right? He was like an illness. Um, yeah. So like when Jared Allen presumably comes back, like next game, I don't know how what he has, but uh, hopefully it's not the measles, which are very serious, Brian. Um, <laughs> um, I hope he has all of his vaccines. That's what I hope. Jared is still a young man. He may not have all of his vaccines. He should be having them. I'll talk to him personally about that. But, like, <clears throat> D- the next most important guy after D'Angelo becomes Jared Allen because D'Angelo is so kind of dependent on the pick-and-roll game with Jared Allen that he needs he needs to have him on the floor. And last night, we talked – I mean, you talked about it. Rondé was guarding Carl Anthony Towns. It's insane. I mean, that's what they had to do. But, like, that is insane that that was happening and – they were still somewhat in the game after, you know, everything that was going on. Uh, yeah. Um, I don't know. It's, it, it, it is the benefit of the injury while not great and bad and terrible and no one wants it is the fact that you are going to get like a true test of what D'Angelo can be. You'd rather have seen him next to Levert because that should matter whether he can play with Karis Levert, which I know he can, but now he's going to have like just a lot more time and space to do what he needs to be able to do. And as you're saying, if he doesn't do it, then that's that's going to be like, oh, sh- oh, crap, we need to this isn't going to work. And that's a clear decision by that point. Um, so there are some other emails, but I don't want to bug everyone down. There's a million people emailed, by the way. So it was just like, you know, this stirred up something really deep in the Nets fandom consciousness, obviously. Um, <clears throat> so I just want to say shout out to everybody that emailed us. Sorry that we couldn't get to all of your stuff. There was a lot of, a lot of people that were in, in there today. Um, we love you. We appreciate you. And we always want to hear from you. Um, would you say that that was true, Mike? Very true. And that's at gmail.com as always. Yes. Um, so I know you had some news around the league stuff you wanted to get to. Let's take a quick break. We'll hear from our sponsors and then news around the league. So tight. All right, news around the league here. Um, a couple of things I want to get to. There's some Nets news within this news around the league, so listen tightly if you're a big Nets fan and you're listening to us, which is 
all of our listeners, and we love you so much. Give us five stars on iTunes. We want them. We need them. We have to have them. Brian, Draymond Green and Kevin Durant are fighting. Do you know this? <laughs> I mean, I saw the little like tiff that they had. Was that? Is there more to the story than that? There's allegedly more to the story than that. So okay. to set the scene, if you haven't seen the video, last night against the Clippers, the Warriors, were. it was end of regulation, game was tied. Draymond grabs a rebound, drives the floor, the length of the floor, and then like turns it over. Gets to the, Somehow like gets near a couple of bodies by the Clippers and just turns it over and completely misses this. And so then the time... The Warriors go into overtime and lose in overtime against the Clippers. Uh, But in that moment, the moment when Draymond grabs the rebound and drives the floor, you can see Durant on the floor expecting to get the ball. Like he's sort of setting up in a position where he's waiting to catch the ball and then, you know, hopefully hit the game winning shot for the Warriors. There was some argument on the court. Apparently, like Durant's yelling, you know, pass the damn ball or something like that. We know from Woj and Marcus Spears. That this is from them on ESPN. An angry late game exchange between Duran and Draymond carried into the Warriors locker room, where some teammates mm. loudly confronted Draymond for his decision making. Some witnesses described the closed door exchange as one of the most intense of this Warriors era. Brian, do you care? It's just so <clears throat> this just shows how gilded the Golden State Warriors path to success has been that this is the biggest spat <laughs> they've ever had <laughs> in four years. Um, I, I don't actually not only do I I mean, I don't care about the spat, obviously, I do care about the story just because it exposes just how like non confrontational and like seamless that team just does what it does. Um, because if this is the big falling out like this is I mean, it was obviously Draymond Green was just like being dumb and thought he could hit a game winner for once. And, and like, he, you know, that's, that's not a crazy thing to think miss uh, Draymond green would be mistaken about. Um, so yeah, I think that that kind of thing happens, but I doubt that this is a symptom of a larger existential crisis. I mean, is that, is that part of the story there? So by the, the inference by the insiders of the Warriors saying, <laughs> this is one of the most intense closed door exchanges that they've ever seen. I, I think they're trying to act like that this is a big deal. I find it, the Warriors have had this times before. We've actually heard about locker room uh, strife or rifts in the locker room before with the Warriors. I always think they kind of savor this. They're like they, they like this to be out there in some degree because they are such a, they have like a clean image pretty much. Yeah, Draymond is a dirty player, but like he's a beloved dirty player. Um, like Steph is obviously like super clean cut. Clay talks like Clay doesn't do anything that we know of in terms like he goes to China and dances, but that's like about it. Um, and Durant is like was at one time like the wonder boy of the NBA. Now gets a lot of criticism, but the criticism is just because he left Oklahoma City. It's like okay, that's fine. But I think they they enjoy this being out there because it makes them seem more interesting and it makes them seem like they have a lot a lot of personalities in the locker room against each other and like in reality I th- this is like the type of thing classically that will drive them to be better it's so lame but like they are gonna they're gonna grow from this moment brian and they're gonna go on and be um you know oh that toughened us up you know a little little disagreements between brothers isn't um you know something to be worried about it happens and it's like, yes, it does. Ha- so, like, I don't need to hear about it. It does happen. Um, 
I don't think it's a big deal. I think it's like the littlest of little <clears throat> deals. No one cares. These are the only stories that are left after you've been had this amount of time of sustained winning. This is all this is all you can have left. Dude, if, it's, it's the same thing. It's the Michael Jordan stuff. You know, he punches Steve Kerr. Question for you, though. To win a if it evolves into a trade request by Kevin Durant, should the Nets call him up? Um, <laughs> block. Block that number. Actually, speaking of Kevin Durant, Brian, um, as I mentioned earlier, Zach Lowe wrote this big piece on Karis LeVert. You should read it if you haven't already. Basically, it talks about how great of a person Karis LeVert is, um, that he faced... Kenny Atkinson accidentally FaceTimed Karis LeVert on his birthday once, meant to call him, but he pressed FaceTime. And now Karis LeVert FaceTimes Kenny Atkinson on his birthday as a tradition. Very sweet. Karis LeVert's a very nice guy, allegedly. Um, But there was one name prominent throughout the piece about Karis LeVert, Brian. You know what that name is? Mm -mm. Kevin Durant. Oh. these, These are from Zach Lowe's articles. This is a direct quote. When Karis LeVert left Brooklyn past summers, it has been mostly to train with Kevin Durant in Southern California. Zach Lowe adds parenthetically, Durant loves him. Durant gave LeVert shooting advice. Teammates at Michigan and coaches nicknamed LeVert Baby Durant. Brian, is this the canary in the coal mine, meaning Durant is coming to Brooklyn? Is this the canary in the coal mine? Yeah, you know that I'm going to say yes to this. I've got a podcast <laughs> about the Nets. Yeah, of course. I'm just, I'm not going to like, so So Adam Harrington, right, is like a, a coach or trainer with the Nets uh, who was Durant's personal trainer or coach in some way at some point in his career. That's one thing. Now we have this Levert thing, this, this relationship, the Batman and Robin relationship between Kevin Durant and Karis Levert. It even sounds good. Kevin Durant, Karis LeVert, Kevin Durant, Karis LeVert. I can see that in big, bold, bold lights, Brian. I can see it on marquees everywhere all across New York City. You know what I'm saying? Um, this, this, is, I'm just, this is a little nugget, a little seed in the Nets' pursuit of a max for agent. This matters. This little tiny seed. You guys should see Mike looking off into the distance as he says this. He looks like... <laughs> He looks like how Ted Cruz looks like when he's oh. when he's doing oh. <laughs> you, from sea to shining sea. Oh, that's so mean. That's the that is the meanest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> Sorry, I um, meant it as a nice way, as a nice thing. Are you excited about it though? Uh, yeah, I'm. I'm gonna love watching Kevin Durant on the Nets next year. Do the Nets need Kevin Durant though? Better question. Better question. Put that on the Twitter sphere. Um, you know who the Nets maybe don't need. Is Carmelo Anthony? Um, so there's <laughs> damn. Like, what is going to happen with this guy, man? Like, what is his? What is he going to take away from this experience? Does he take away lessons? Is there? Is this a person who can take a lesson? He must not at this point, because like the, you would think the lesson would have been he would have gotten the lesson from Oklahoma City. That was a pretty sweet situation he was walking into. He was going to be the third banana by Russell Westbrook and Paul George. And while they're like, neither of those guys are really going <clears> to <throat> elevate their teammates, like Carmelo shouldn't have needed elevation. He should have been on that elevated platform with those two guys to begin with. And he stinks there. And then he goes, well, he wasn't as bad as I think people remember, but he was like, not great. And obviously, so what the situation is in Houston, he hasn't played for Houston one in the past few games. And um, there's a lot of, a lot of sourced 
reporting that uh, Carmelo's people are looking around for other teams to for him to go to because the belief is that Houston's just going to buy him out because his contract is like I don't know I think it was like vet, vets minimum so like he can that's an easy buyout for them to do. Um, little little fact though, Nets Daily put this up. Uh, there's a betting website that has put up odds for Carmelo's next team, and the Nets are third on the list after mm. the 76ers and Lakers. And this was, I think this was after the Jimmy Butler trade. So 76ers number one, Lakers number two, the Nets number three. I don't know why that would be the case. And then after the Nets, even more importantly, is the field, meaning there was no other teams listed. The only three teams that were listed as possibilities beyond taking the field was 76ers, Lakers, and Nets. Do you want Carmelo Anthony, Brian? Uh, no, but um, the what's interesting is that Carmelo Anthony wants to do this, you know, chasing the chip thing right now. Um, he should just go back to what he does best, which is be a chucker on a bad team. That's what that's his bread and butter. Like I don't see why he obviously has more fun doing that than like playing competitive basketball. So just embrace it. Just be like, I'm the guy who's going to put up 24 on your you know, 10 win team. It's going to be great. You know, what makes actually a lot of more sense is just to go back to the Knicks. I mean, like they're not, they're not like particularly interested in being that good anyways this year. Um, like just go back to the Knicks if they'll have you. And if you can accept to be back with them, they aren't trying to be like a super good team. They could use, I guess another player like him, like he would just get in the way of Kevin Knox, but I'd be okay with that. It doesn't bother me. Um, Ugh, he, my cat just went number two, and I'm in the room with the <laughs> litter box. It's killing me. <laughs> oh, uh, do you need to do something? You need to make you need to make some magic happen. I mean, I don't know how much how much more news around the league do we get. We literally have um, one more story. All right, let's do it. All right, um, the last story we talked about the 76ers. So they had introduced Jimmy Butler um, today. They introduced Jimmy Butler as the newest member of the 76ers. Um, but almost to me that matters more than that is what happened in last night's game with Markel Fultz. Uh, I don't know if you saw this video, Brian, but Markel Fultz was at the free throw line. Um, we, his shooting woes have been well documented. And he literally pump faked while at the free throw line. He attempted to shoot. His arms were going in the motion of shooting. He stopped. He pulled the ball back and then shot the ball. He's got the yips. So this is, you know, like... So to put it all into perspective, that's the kind of thing I can't watch. That's the like that's the Karis <laughs> Levert injury <laughs> that I can't watch. I can get real in close on like a Kevin Ware like eight inch fibia sticking out of his leg, but when it comes to watching people like with anxiety issues, like trying to shoot free throws or putt or something, it's really, really hard for me. <laughs> that it makes me die inside. It feels so bad for that guy. Well, and it, his face like the he because he still looks so young and he has like a sad like my dog looks like she's depressed or always always looks depressed. depressed he looks sad all the time he doesn't look yeah. at only when he talks about like chick-fil-a i think he he smiles but that is it he looks sad and so i don't know did you see the story about his trainer drew hanlon what's been happening with that he uh no there's been like reports coming out and i'm t- i'll take this from liberty ballers which is sb nation's 76ers website synergy brian um mm-hmm. Fultz had been training with Drew Hamlin, the famed NBA trainer. And the relationship, this is from Liberty Ballers, the relationship between Markel Fultz and Drew Hamlin has deteriorated, and it deteriorated when a member of Fultz's camp colorfully confronted Hamlin in person 
about the lack of expected results. Sources familiar with the situation have told Liberty Ballers. Hanlon has declined to comment on the situation. Hanlon and Folds apparently stopped working out together two to three weeks ago. Um, mm. This goes along with this running story of like, when Fultz's injury was first announced, the, it, it was misdescribed by his agent to describe the, the injury incorrectly, like his shoulder injury or whatever he had going on with his body last year. Um, now he this, this, this trainer who's trained with dozens of NBA players no longer wants to work with him. He's pump faking at the free throw line while shooting free throws. I, was, I used to be of the opinion that like I still believe in Markel Fultz. Just because, like, that he was way too talented, and so what if he has the yips? You should be able to get over that at some point, but it's just a lot there. And now Jimmy Butler is being thrown into the mix. I don't know if this is the best environment. Hot take here, Brian. I don't know if it's the best environment for young Markel. Hot take. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't know. We could do, we could get into like the anxiety issues if you want, but obviously there's. It's a it's a between the years kind of issue for Markel at this at this point. Um, so you know, outside of shooting coaches, maybe a sports psychologist is someone you might want to be talking to. Well, I just want to put this all and wrap it all up in a bow mm. to say it's just awesome news to hear that Karis LeVert is not going to be done for the year because that is yeah that was not going to be great. Yeah, Hot we don't have to talk about tanking anymore. <laughs> well, you know, I I, I I like that conversation. We're still going to talk about. Yeah. it. We'll sneak it in there. I mean, Zion, baby, come on, let's go. Um, thank you for listening. Uh, Readnetsdaily.com. Find us on Twitter at BK Glue Guys. iTunes five stars. We have to have them. We need them. We want them. I guess. Um, every ad you hear on our show, buy everything from every advertiser. Just buy them all, and say say the glue guys sent you. That's all I ask. Is to buy uh, insurance, every, baby. Come on. Let's do this for Karis. All right, Brian. Good night. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Bye, everybody. <laughs> Bye.